Hi, my name is Grant Campbell and you're listening once again to another episode of Campbell's Footballs. Yes, a warm welcome to Campbell's Footballs, the only podcast where bad predictions are cancelled out by a good crack. After a couple of weeks break, I'm back for another episode. We'll be chatting about the international break, who is looking good and who isn't. We'll also be chatting about this weekend's fixtures coming up in the company of my special guest, which this week is BBC Match of the Day commentator Guy Mowbray. On the only podcast where bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack, this is Campbell's Footballs in association with Toby Johnson Music. I've fallen out with the world again I'm sick and tired of the conversation Stuck in a row and I can't pretend I'm happy to wait while nothing's changing Someday when Someday when we get out of here We can Write up a plan with no destination So I'm delighted to be joined this week for Campbell's Footballs by BBC commentator Guy Mowbray. Guy, a warm welcome to Campbell's Footballs. Thank you for having me. Um, I just wanted to sort of kickstart this week's show, Guy, by kind of liking to learn a little bit more about how you got into the wonderful world of sports broadcasting. Oh, it's a long time ago. I have to wrap my brain. (laughs) um, It it is a long and convoluted tale that I'll, I'll try and shorten, but... The top and bottom of it is I, I wanted to play, was never good enough, and my dad one day just said, look, you can get paid for watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he knew what he was talking about. He was a PE teacher, he was a qualified coach. Um, and so I basically put all my energies into trying to do that. So I didn't have conventional training as such. I, I came into it more from a football background than a journalist background. Mm-hmm. Um, all my all my sort of training and knowledge has come on the job, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I first broke in through a letter, well, I wrote... <laughs> loads of letters I mean you wouldn't believe how naive I was at 20 <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote letters to the new Sky Sports who had just come into being yeah um, to, to the BBC to, to every single organisation that was broadcasting and covering mm. football you know my naivety not telling me that you know what you need some experience first before yeah. you go big mm-hmm. um and it was the Club Call Network that got back in touch with me. Right. It, for those who don't remember that, that was pre-internet and you used to ring a premium rate phone line to get information on your club and on mm-hmm. the match day, either reports or commentary, depending on how, how high up the ladder the club was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another side story to that is, is a bit of advice I give people trying to get into it. Never say no to anything mm-hmm. at all, ever, for the first... Well, I'm still not saying no now, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> Because you, ne- you, you basically, you never know. Somebody, if you say no, somebody else will say yes, and that chance might not come again. Exactly, yeah. Um, and and I, I was actually, I had tickets to go and watch Manchester City against Liverpool with a few friends um, on one particular Saturday. On the Friday evening, uh, a guy called John Temple, who you'll still hear yep, on Sky yep, Sports. Yeah, no he's, more. He's, he's on it every Saturday, reporting for Soccer Saturday, and he was a coordinator of a club call in our region. Mm-hmm. And he rung up and... Um, asked me what I was doing the next day would I like to shadow him at York City against Brentford mm-hmm. and I initially I said oh, I'm really sorry I can't and this was about this is months after I wrote the letter or it, my, my brain might be playing tricks it felt like months after I'd written the letter it mm-hmm. might have been weeks yeah um, and and that was it I said I can't I'm, I'm terribly sorry I'm, go, I'm going to Main Road with some friends mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. well 
put the phone down. My dad said, who was that? Now, this was before the days of you know, who you knew was on the line. And, you know, 1471 for calling, finding out which number had just rung you. So I said, I didn't get his number. And I had to <laughs> rifle through the phone book to find his number. Yeah. Because he told me off a strip did my dad. He would say, you'll never, you know, you'll never get a chance. Call him back and say you're going to, to your Brentford. Yeah. Uh, and I did manage to find his number. I did manage to ring him back. And thankfully, he said, well, come along. That's great. And the following week, I was doing a game on my own. It's funny, isn't it, how uh, things sort of work out, isn't it? Because when I started off my own podcast, I just, I just kind of was a little bit ambitious. I'm an ambitious person myself, and I just, I just randomly asked people that I that I knew who possibly knew yep. of getting avenues. You, that's the only way you get somewhere, isn't it? You, you never, you never give up. I think you've got to throw yourself in. Yeah, you've just got to do it. And, and to be honest, I did that um, for the best part of two years pretty much unpaid it was petrol money basically mm-hmm. um, I was covering York City games uh, Hull City games and, the, and this was when Hull were you know fourth tier mm-hmm. third tier mm-hmm. fourth tier yeah. Yeah. Um, and the occasional Leeds United game doing a, doing a commentary rather than reports mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. through doing that you get your face known your name known you're a familiar face in the press box at these places so local radio then say to you oh we're not sending to ne- next week's game would you like to cover the game for us for an extra 20 quid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll file a few reports for you, you know, and and there is how it started, and it, and it's sort of snowballed from there. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's it. And I know people who I've given this advice to, and they sort of five years down the line they're still doing it, and they get a bit fed up. But mm-hmm. I would I, I would say to people, be quite happy to do it for a hobby, along with in quote marks a normal job. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly think if I hadn't done what I'd done and been very fortunate to get get where I am. Um, I'd probably still be doing it on a Saturday as a hobby. Yeah, um, yeah. It, that, that's what it's got to be first and foremost, because if the passion's not there, if you want payment for it immediately, you treat it like a job. Absolutely. It won't come across right. Yeah, yeah. Were there any sort of were there any sort of inspirational figures that you sort of used as kind of soundboards, if you like, going forward in your career to date? I, I don't know about that because my heroes have always been players. You know, right. I've always been a big football fan, so my icon icons the posters on my wall you know were the players like anybody else mm-hmm. um so i've never really I, I don't think i had dreams of being a commentator as such maybe i did subconsciously mm-hmm. um so i didn't sort of look for icons as such although of course you remember the voices you grew up with you know the john motson's barry davis yeah. Brian Moore, and the late great peter jones on absolutely yeah. yeah they're the ones that i sort of hear in my head still if i'm sort of doing it my own commentary I, I hear it back in their voices yeah yeah. Because they're the voices of commentary to me. Yeah. Um, and I understand why a lot of the older generation don't like some of us young pups. You know, <laughs> because because it's, it's not the same. It will never be the same. Everything is better when you're growing up, and, and that's when you're easily influenced and you absorb stuff. And I'm exactly the same as them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're the voices that I sort of revere, if you like. Um, yeah. So no, no, none of the big names as such, but lots of people who helped me along the way. I can mention... Um, Alistair Yeomans, yeah. who was a producer and re- presenter and reporter on Five Live for yeah. many, many years. Mm-hmm. Alistair gave me my break on BBC Radio York. He, mm-hmm. he said, will you cover some rugby league for us, which I had a basic knowledge of. Right. Um, and a little bit of football as well. A guy called John Darch, who was the MD of Minster Radio in York, who took a punt on me and said, right, OK, we want you to be our first ever sports editor. We have, we've never covered sport before. Mm-hmm. You know the local scene. We, we, we've seen you around. We want you to do it. So yeah. that was my first full-time job. Yeah. Um, loads of people along the way have really helped me and, and 
just to, just to, this is this is my big name drop. This is the one I like. My first break into television was through Eurosport. Again, this was through a punt of a letter and a, yeah. and a demo tape sent across. Um, and the head of commentary there was Simon Reid, who you can see. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Simon Reid was Oliver Reid's younger brother. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So Simon Simon took a real gamble on me, and, and he really did kickstart me in the world of television and I will be eternally grateful for that. Yeah. I mean you've you've worked for some extraordinary organizations. You mentioned Eurosport, you did a little stun ITV, worked for the BBC. Um I've gotta ask you, um obviously commenting for the BBC, um what is it yeah. what is it like? <laughs> oh that's a wide question. It is a wide question. <laughs> you can be as wide as possible <laughs> that one. It's the same as working for anybody else, quite frankly. Um, yeah. The, the joy is the game you're covering, yeah. uh, whatever that might be, and whether it's the World Cup final or whether it's the next game you do, say in the first round of the FA Cup or whatever it might be, the joy mm-hmm. is in the game you're covering because mm-hmm. you know it's all it's all about the game that that, that we love, and um, it could be anything. I, I did a game at last minute last season for for BT Sport, Harrogate Town against Salford, mm-hmm. um, a National League game, and unfortunately one of their guys. Uh, couldn't do it for, for various personal reasons at, at very short notice. Yes. They knew I lived nearby, so they got in touch, what are you doing this afternoon? And I went off to Harrogate, did some frantic last-minute prepping. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I had as good a time doing that as I did doing the World Cup final a few months earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so what is it like is, in many respects, it's the same as any other job. You, you just get on with it. I, I suppose, yeah, um, yeah. But maybe once a year, maybe once a year, it's good to actually sit back, pinch yourself and just go, Okay, I'm doing this. Yeah, uh, this is, and, and obviously, obviously, to be the, the lead commentator on BBC Television as regards football is is an unbelievable honour and one that I take very, very seriously. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, you don't think about it day to day because yeah. you'd go in today. But um, no, that's that, that's kind of the question I was kind of wanting to to be answered because you know, obviously, yeah. we, we've talked about you know some of the big hitters in the past, like John Watson and, and Barry Davis, and that. And I feel now, from from my point of view, as a as a kind of Fan watching football, you have taken over that mantle, so to speak. Well, funnily enough, it was just before the World Cup semi-final last uh, last year, England against uh, Croatia. Croatia, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Chappers, Mark Chapman, mm-hmm. I was doing a bit for Five Live as we often do with these games, just just as a preview piece before kickoff. They were sitting just behind us, and he suddenly came up with this question. I'm about to comment out on the World Cup semi-final, and he just went. What will he do if England win against the final? Only one man has commentated on England in a World Cup final before. Mm-hmm. You know that's quite a responsibility. Yeah. And I just looked at him. And I think I went ashen, and I just said, "Well, thanks a lot, chap." Because I genuinely had not thought about that, and you just made me. <laughs> because, because honestly, I, I think I was all over the place for a while. Yeah, and I just tried to put it out of my head because that's, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are merely the messengers. Yeah, it is not about us. It's about what they're doing on the field. Yeah, that is yeah, it. yeah. There's, there's two last questions I sort of want to ask you. The first one is, we, we, you've had a bit of experience, obviously, on radio and on television. Uh, do you have a preference, or are they good in different no, ways? No, I mean, television is almost exclusively my bread and butter at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and has been for quite a few years. I still enjoy dipping into radio. I still enjoy doing all sorts of things for radio. I would say, personally speaking, and, and many people might disagree with this, it's, I think television is slightly more... <sighs> going to say nuanced i'm not even sure if that's the right word mm-hmm. um you've got to be you've got to add mm-hmm. where you can and you won't do it all the time i can hear people screaming now saying well you don't you know you can't <laughs> do it all the time you've got to add to what people are seeing yeah you've got to be a guide 
you've got to be a guide and, and uh, as unobtrusive as you could possibly be but where you can add with some little bits of information that might add to people's enjoyment and understanding of what they're watching mm-hmm. then add it don't 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 fill it full of stuff yeah but add it whereas on radio it's more descriptive you are providing a service yeah you are describing the game to people who cannot see it yeah um so you've got to be more descriptive as a result less sort of statty less facty yes a lot of people cry out for anyway and i'm one of them by the way yeah I'm, i am as well moment. obviously the clues I in the name <laughs> i sometimes curse myself and i think why have you just thrown that in it's not important it's not relevant yeah um you know but I, I, so, you, so you're a bit, little, little bit like that, and it's a bit more free and easy. You can be a bit more, you can have a bit more fun, mm-hmm. I think, on radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can let it go a little bit more. So yeah. maybe deep down, and I think most people would say, maybe I prefer prefer radio, prefers a bit strong mm-hmm. because because I do enjoy and love what I do on television. But mm-hmm. I just think it's a little bit more free and easy on radio. Yeah, because I mean, I listened to Five Life quite a lot for the the Champions League matches, and, that, and Ian Dennis and uh, Alistair Bruce Ball and that are. Oh really come across so well on listening to it. John John Murray as well. Um, really yeah. good, high-quality coverage of some big games. All brilliant. All yeah. absolutely outstanding. Yeah, all, really are. We are very blessed in this country, you know, with the services that we get, not just from Five Live, but from TalkSport, from BBC Television, from ITV, from Sky Sports, from BT Sport, to yeah. the upcoming Amazon Prime. You know, maybe it's too much choice, I don't know, but we, we, we are blessed. We have... I know people slag them off because it's a very easy thing to do to sit at home and go, I don't like that. And you can just tap on a keyboard and let everybody know that you don't like it or yeah. it gets on your whatever or she gets on your nerves. And, and that's fine because you can't be everybody's cup of tea. But you know what? If you've got to national level and you are commentating to huge audiences, you've done something pretty right for a long period of time. Absolutely. And you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, just to sidetrack a little bit, the same goes for referees as well. Yeah. And I wish people... When I hear people say, that referee, he's rubbish. Mm-hmm. By definition, he's covering a Premier League game. Mm-hmm. He's not rubbish. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of hard work to get to where he is. Yeah. He's not biased either. No, I think it's an interesting point because, you know, I, I know I, I've done a little bit of football refereeing at local level and mm. it's it's hard going. It, you have to be mentally strong, but you also have to be very focused and very clear in your own oh. mind about how you interpret things and you have to be strong mentally. Oh, of course you do. And, these guys start when they're 14, 15. Yeah. You know, even younger than that. And they, they train and train and do thousands of games yeah. Yeah. to get to where they are. By definition, they aren't rubbish and they aren't biased because they'd be found out well before they get to yeah. that level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the same, in a way, goes for commentary. Yeah. Um, and and I, 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 not not an argument, but people come up to me all the time. I was in um, a local pub the other day and I was just having a drink with my wife and a chap came up and he said he's a Sheffield United fan and... Why, why do you lot think you know about my club? We're, we're not going down. And I just looked up and I thought, this is the third person this week who's this similar... You know, all different yeah. clubs, by the way. It's quite they, extraordinary, though. Well, we all think they are their club. Mm-hmm. And, and I just said, well, you might go down. And he said, we won't. And I said, well, well done for being a clairvoyant. You might. Yeah. But this is and, it. You don't know, do you? And, so. and I just said, look, nobody is against your exactly. team. Nobody's for your team. Everybody yeah. just does a job and observes what they observe. And they have an opinion. Yeah. Exactly. Because it might differ to your opinion. It doesn't mean you're hated. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and I can't believe that grown adults can't see past that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I can't understand it. It's this siege mentality gone crazy. I think social media has had a massive part in that in a wrong oh, way. Of course it has. Absolutely. Of course it has. It's um. Yeah, it's it's out there. You can get your views out there and recognised. So, yeah. Um, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. And my last question in this first segment is, uh, do you have any rituals when you're preparing for match days? 
<laughs> apart, apart from the, the, the preparation, the work, which rarely changes. It slightly changes depending on the competition, but be it international or European or domestic. Um, but generally, it's the same sort of same routine, same prep. Far too much prep than what's required because you don't know what's going to happen, exactly. and you, you literally have to be prepared for every single thing. You've got to know everything about every. Or you've got to know most things about every player that might be involved and everything to do with the two clubs playing mm -hmm. um, and keep up to date with that so as soon as you know you're doing a game so for example I'll, I'll be getting my December schedule well I've got half of it now um, mm -hmm. I, and I'm on it already I'm already starting to look it's, wow. already, logged on, it's already logged on my computer the, 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 the framework for the game is there and I'll just fill in the gaps over the next few weeks leading up to the game so it's, it's I always liken it to painting the fourth bridge it doesn't actually end that's true. <laughs> it's it's constant because you're always going ahead, and and and, and you've got to keep up to date with everything else that's happening as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, somebody said to me, "What do you do in the close season?" And I, and I sort of bite my tongue a little bit and say, "You know, close season is a concept that we don't really have." Yeah, because you're constantly at it and developing and evolving. I tell you what I'm doing in the close season. I'm preparing for the next season. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you're not doing that, you're at World Cups and European Championships. Uh, well, that's what I mean. Close season these days consists of about a fortnight. Yeah, yeah. Which actually ties in really nicely to this next segment of my show, which I'd like to discuss with you about your journey, Guy, following England at World Cups and European Championships. Um, is there any kind of highlights you can sort of throw your hand and say, oh, I'm glad I was there? Um, specific yeah, games or last, specific moments? Last, last summer in Russia um, was fantastic. The way it built, and we knew it was building back home as well. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really was. I did feel really privileged to be covering England in that. And I think beating Colombia on penalties. Yes. Uh, uh, one, of the reasons, one of the reasons for that is, you know, we all tour about together for a long time. So you get used to people's company and, and you, you get privileged to know people who are your heroes as, mm -hmm. as friends and colleagues and Chris Waddle was covering the game for radio just behind me Yeah, and I turned around at full time and Chris was in tears tremendous player as well on his day of course and, and you know what I, I, he sent me off as well and I started Yeah, and, and I thought well of all the people 1990 he was the one that put it over the crossbar Yeah, in Turin and it, obviously for him it was like closure Yeah, we finally won a penalty shoot at a World Cup Yeah, yeah. and you could feel it coming out of him and oh, I'm going now thinking about it, blimey. Um, so yeah, that was that was a hell of a moment. Um, I, I, just every England game I cover, I feel, yeah, I, I, you know what, not just England, any of the home nations, quite frankly. Um, mm. Apart from Scotland, because we're not Northern doing Ireland. very well at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sorry. Wales, Northern Ireland, Euro 2016. Absolutely. And, uh, that felt, that was great to be there. Yeah. And to mix rugby beforehand and... You know, when you're doing that, it does feel, it just takes on a little bit of an extra level. You think, oh, my blimey, this is great, this is it. This it sounds daft, we should never compare ourselves to players, but you know, it feels like, oh, I've got an international call-up. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how it feels to me. I, I really, really, really treat that as a, as a big privilege. So, yeah, it's... I, I, and another one, which is a strange one, it's a strange one to pick out, but um, World Cup in 2010, which was my first World Cup yeah. as the sort of official, if you like, I don't think I still am official. I've just been lucky to get the games. But um, the England commentator. Yes. Losing 4-1 to Germany with Lampard's shot that went 10 yeah. miles over the line. Yeah. Well, I was going to actually ask you about that in, the, in one of my questions later on, but I might bring it on I, now. I feel privileged to have been there and done that. Yeah. And I remember my words. I, I don't have that many memorable words, but I remember what I said then because it was just pure. And, and it always is. It's just pure 
what you're feeling. I always so yeah. over the line. Yeah, I was. I, I always ask people um, where they were when that moment happened, and I remember going back. I, I I play lawn bowls as a sport in my spare time, and I was playing a tournament. I think it was at Fraserburgh, and I I got back in the car and I looked at my phone and it was four one Germany. I was like, oh, I thought England might have you know pushed Germany close. I I, I didn't think there'd be a lot in the game, but when I saw the highlights, I was like, blimey. You know, I just couldn't—I couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean, and that is—and that is the definitive moment that has led to where we are. With first of all, go online technology, yeah. and then VAR. Yeah. it all comes from that, really. This is a hypothetical. Yeah, this is a hypothetical question. Um, if that goal had counted, do you still think Germany would have won? I think, in all probability, yes. But we'll, we will never. We'll never know, of course. But it, you know, we will never know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two, 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 what was it? More than two, two at half time. Yeah, totally different. Game. Yeah, I mean, we'll never I mean, one of the things I always remember from that 2010 was, especially that game as well. Um, Frank Lampard, you know, of course he didn't get the goal, but I think he rattled the bar at 2-1 as well with a free kick, and then, then obviously Germany got the third goal, and that really sort of sucked the game out for for England at that yeah. stage. But you know, I, I felt there that was that was kind of towards, unfortunately, the beginning of the end for Fabio Capello. Well, I, you say unfortunately, I say good riddance. I, 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 <laughs> I, I thought it was a disaster for English football. Yeah. Um, the fact that he, he, he didn't speak English, I always want. I always think during that game as well, even at two one with the Lampard thing happening just before half time, I think there's somebody like, well, I had Harry Redknapp sitting near me as like an extra commentator for that mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. and a, an additional. We, we you know we we brought in somebody else as a third voice every now and again. That was the first tournament we'd done it actually. Yeah. Um, so there's myself and Mark Lawrence and, and and Harry was with us, and Harry's reaction to it. Yeah. I know it was his nephew that, that yeah. got robbed yeah. of a key goal, but um, Harry's reaction to it was pure passion. Yeah, and I remember saying at half time, "I wish he was in there doing the team talk now." Yeah, because that energy and anger would have been used. Yeah, to fuel the team, and I thought by the time this had been translated from Italian, and yeah, it's lost, it's gone. And 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 Harry, of course, an absolute legend of of football as well. Oh, I really love Harry yeah. Renap. He's he's absolutely fantastic. Well, another memory of England that makes, it, makes a damn fine jam roly poly. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> absolutely. I need to try that. Um, one other great memory I have of England, and sadly another penalty shot lost this one. But that penalty from Pirlo, the Penenka. Oh, oh wow! How, how do you have the guts? How do you have the balls to do that? I know. In games of that magnitude. Again, absolutely magnificent. Again, I remember watching that game in the in the living room of my house where I'm actually sitting just now um, with my folks watching the game, and I couldn't believe what I mean. I couldn't believe what I was watching because, you know, in a penalty shot at that stage of a game. And I mean, I, I mean, I, you, I, for those of you who are kind of um, listening to my show, I'm actually wearing my Allen United shirt, which is my local team, and uh, <laughs> we were involved. We were actually involved in a penalty shot at the weekend, so just a little bit of a shout out to the guys there. It's a side note, um, but I remember watching the shootout and thinking. As you just said, guy, the balls on this guy to do that, and you know, just amazing. Well, he walks. He walks away after doing things like that, as if I, I think he'd walk away the same if he missed. Mm-hmm. Just, just as cool as you like. Yeah, yeah. One of the most stylish, cool footballers yeah. we've ever seen, and, and people have done it since and been embarrassed by it. Yeah. But, um, put it this way: if you're going to do that, you can't then break down in floods of tears if it's saved. Yeah. You've, you've got to, you've got to have something about it. Absolutely. I, I mean. 
I, I must admit, I prefer the Harry Kane technique of blasting. <laughs> well, I always have the Alan Shearer variety, low and hard. That's what he used to yeah, always yeah, say. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, a quick question about the current England setup, obviously with Gareth Southgate. Um, where do you see this current England crop going at this? Obviously, the Euro is coming up next year. Um, where do you see this going? Well, I think they had a big reality check in the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like a pun. Pardon for that. Um, <laughs> but I think I think they did, and I don't think it was I don't think it was a bad thing particularly. I think we mm -hmm. all get carried away with qualifying in England mm -hmm. um, against teams that aren't of the same caliber that you face at tournaments. So maybe it is a little bit easy, too strong, but a little bit too straightforward at times. Yeah. Um, these days, I should say, I should, mm -hmm. should put the caveat on there. <laughs> but then it shows that England are making strides. I think St George's Park is, has been a long overdue thing that is now working. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the central training base, the, the, you know, they're all all teams together from disability teams, women's teams, mm -hmm. you know, the England deaf team. Everybody trains at St George's Park. Yeah. Uh, and everybody has the same sort of ethos, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's that's needed. You know, the French have been doing it for years. The Germans and the Dutch are way ahead of us. Yeah. We're, we're, we're catching up. Mm -hmm. We're catching mm -hmm. up. And I think in Gareth Southgate, we only saw in Sofia, amidst all the horrible problems that there were there. Yeah, shock. What a wonderful statesman he is. Not only manager, but statesman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wish, in a way, I wish we could get away from the obsession with winning, even though that's um, and realise we've got the right man in charge of the national yes. team. Now, and by accident. Yeah, I agree actually. I mean, I, I mean, having, I, I actually, you know, as a Scotsman, I, I watch. I mean, obviously, I want Scotland to do well. But when I, when I watch England games, I mean, some of the players they have in the team now, obviously, Kane. We've talked about Sterling, Rashford. You know, players like that. They're, not, they're, they're playing at the top of their game at the moment, and you know, that's just fantastic to see. No, it is. It is. And, and I've always been an advocate of the idea that at that level, it's not so much coaching that's needed because these guys they just need a prompt they're mm -hmm. that good mm -hmm. they don't need telling what to do or where to stand or where to go yeah they need about man management yes and just the, the fine tuning and and his man management is as far as i can work out absolutely superb mm -hmm. he handles mm -hmm. every individual differently as to how they need to be handled yes um and he's got he's got a hard edge by the way as well don't 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 be confused by the, the, the nice persona. I think there's a hard edge in there. Yeah. So I think England have got the right manager. No matter whether they win the Euros or get to the semis or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. I think it's the right man to take the country, England, that is, um, as far as they can possibly go. Let's face it, they've not won anything since 1966. <laughs> the only thing they've won ever. Yeah. So I don't know where this thing comes from. That, oh, I'm going to win this time. It's, I hope it's all a bit of fun, really. Yeah. You know, everybody gets carried away, but it should all be a bit of fun. We, You've got to go into it thinking you're going to win, otherwise what's the point? Absolutely. I'm not talking Ali McLeod going to win, but you know, <laughs> you've got to go into it thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I think England have got. I personally feel England have got a decent chance at 2020. I mean, I think they've got. I think they could get the semi-finals or better. Of course, depending on the draw, of course. Yeah, but, uh, depending on the draw, depending on which Belgium turn up, which Netherlands side turns up. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be my outside best next year. The Netherlands. Yeah. I think they are improving rapidly and. They possibly have overtaken us from, from being behind us last time. Yeah. I think they've actually taken England now. Indeed. Right, let's move into the next subject, which is talking about your uh, follow team of choice, York City guy. Yes, flying high at the top of National League North, which actually I say through gritted teeth because I hate the very idea of being in that league. <laughs> <laughs> What, what? Obviously, the aspirations for York would probably to get back up to the um, the Vanarama. Is it the Vanarama Conference now? Is it still called that? I think. Oh, I think so. saying that as an aspiration. Yeah. It's it's, it's an absolute necessity. Yeah. Um, 
the necessity to get back in the football league where mm-hmm. the club belongs and where the mm-hmm. where the club played from whatever the early 30s until 2004 and then from 2012 to 2015 yeah it's where the club should be yeah yeah minimum minimum league two should be league one mm-hmm. that's where the football club belongs is there a, is there any clubs you can sort of use as inspiration for the kind of potential progress for your like maybe say Luton who are going really well in the championship oh, don't, don't say Luton <laughs> oh, oh no you can't say Luton I can't say that <laughs> no of all the clubs we do not want to follow it's their influence so so um, Lincoln then Lincoln Lincoln's a good one yeah don't mind Lincoln that, <laughs> that's a good one to do now, a bit of a rivalry grew up with Luton uh, in the days when we were both in the, uh, the conference <laughs> Um, because it was like, who's the biggest team? They're, they're clearly a bigger team yeah. than we are, quite frankly. But um, we we had the better of them, and we went up, and they didn't in 2012. Yeah. Um, beat them in the final at Wembley, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it stems it stems from earlier that season, actually, when our players and fans were um, were coined by mm-hmm. Luton supporters, at which is shocking. And, um, players players had to actually go into the away section to um, take cover. Yeah. Um, so it started there, which obviously is an isolated incident. It's been fine since. It's been good-natured rivalry generally, but mm-hmm. still now, Luton, there they are in the championship. Still, there are Luton fans who bombard York City message boards. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's ingrained now. So, I know. Uh, anyway, there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of side history. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, Lincoln. But to be honest, just 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 do what we did before in 2012 when yeah. when the club was going well again and got back into the football league and should never have come out of it again. But then bad decision after bad decision led to two relegations in a row yeah um, which was just absolutely sickening absolutely yeah. sickening yeah. to take can I imagine and a few later, I'm still trying to get used to the fact we're in the sixth tier of English football it, mm-hmm. it stinks it's a disgrace but I suppose we are, we are where we are We've got no divine right to be any higher mm-hmm. but I believe we have yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I, did, I didn't realise that uh, Steve Watson was the manager. He used to be at Gateshead, oh. didn't he? Steve, Steve Watson and Mickey Cummins is number two. Um, are the best thing to have happened to this club for quite a few years, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the best decision that's been made by those running the club for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. They've, they've pulled a blinder with that one. Yeah, um, yeah. You can't fault our owner, Mr. McGill, who you, you can't fault his backing in terms of financial, but you can fault many of his um, decisions over yeah. the last few years but, but yeah. fair play to him this is a good one and mm-hmm. um, I know he loves the club so um, let's hope that uh, when he finally sells he's got the club back in the football league again yeah I think York are playing in the FA Cup this weekend aren't they and they are they're playing Stockport it's Ooh, a big that's a good game yeah. live on BT Sport I believe Ooh, uh, interesting might have to I, take that I'll in if I can get an opportunity to yeah, I'm on my way back from Chelsea against Newcastle, but I shall be getting a signal on the train somewhere. And uh, <laughs> well, probably actually, actually, probably before I get on the train, so I might, I might see a good chunk of it before I have to set off home. Excellent, excellent. That should be pretty good. Um, just a last question before we move on to the the kind of kind of last third of my show, almost. Um, what do you do in life outside of football, guy? Just because many people want to know. Obviously, you you're in your com- in your kind of booth, you're kind of preparing for the matches. Do you, what do you do to sort of unwind from football? Um, not a lot, because work is work is unwinding. <laughs> yes, it is constant <laughs> work. So, you know, even doing the prep, I'm, I'm sitting now, I'm just looking at Man United-Liverpool for Sunday and adding a few more notes to that for Sunday mm-hmm. and for three European games next week. So there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but generally, I play a lot of golf, or as much golf as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. 
and I play I play as much cricket as I can. Although with the as we get into summer these days, obviously there's a tournament on not well every other year at least. Yeah. So um, I don't play as much a lot. I've had a good summer playing this year. So uh, yeah, I play cricket and I play golf, and that's pretty much it. And then whatever. Whatever I can do with the family as well. Excellent, excellent, very good. Um, obviously, obviously we've had the international break. Um, we're obviously heading into the club football returning again, which is great. Now it's time uh, for a guy to pit his wits against uh, myself in my predictions challenge. Now, for those of you who are vivid listeners to the show, I'm not very good at predictions. Um, and Guy, you know, we were having a chat before we started tonight's show, and you're doing pretty well in the predictions league, aren't you, Guy? At the moment, I did well two years ago. I had a shocking season last year, and at the moment I'm doing, yeah, I'm all right. I'm top of one of the mini leagues I'm a, a third or fourth in another one and I'm in the top 50 I think out of about 1500 nationwide at the moment Blimey. it won't last it well, won't last because I'll start, I'll start getting giddy and I'll start putting little bits of actual money on some of these <laughs> and, that's, and that's when they all Brilliant, brilliant. Well, let's see how you get on anyway, and let's see if you could put me in my place once again. So let's start with uh, Saturday's games, the lunchtime kickoff uh, between Everton and West Ham. Oh, Everton, the club that you don't know what they're going to do. They really need a win because they've lost the last four games. You know what? You don't know what they're going to do from the one five minutes to the next five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but as you say, they need a win. I think they'll win two one. Do you think? Here's a side question: If Everton don't win this weekend. Is Marco Silva away? I think they've given him three games, haven't they? Mm. Um, that might be accelerated if they lose at home. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if they've given him three games, if those reports are true, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think they'll probably give him to the next international window. Mm. Um, possibly, next international mm -hmm. break, should I say. Um, possibly, but I don't know. I don't know. But I must admit, I, I, I quite like him as a manager. I think he's mm -hmm. he always set well wherever he goes. Um uh, and I like watching Everton when they're on song. It's just, I, I don't know what it is about. Yeah. I just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I don't think they've got the right balance in some of their games. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But it's just not working out. West Ham, on the other hand, you know, they've had a pretty decent start to the season. Some people are talking them up for, for top six. I'm not too convinced yet. I'm not I'm not convinced, but possibly. But they're certainly top ten. And mm -hmm. They're another mm -hmm. team a little bit like that, actually. Yeah. There's some of the parts they, they should probably... They should probably be top yeah. six. Seven, You've got a good five. manager in Pellegrini, who is, of yeah. course, a former winner of the league, of course. Wise. I've, uh, Very I've, wise and yeah, I've gone 2-1 West Ham in this one, because I, ju I just think the pressure might mount on Everton here, and I, I think West Ham will oh, get an away win. Yeah. But could be I'll one of those games where it could be a flick of a coin. Anything could happen. Yeah, I'll go the good way, just for, for what you've said. If they need a win, I think they'll get one. Yeah. Okay, the next match is between Aston Villa and Brighton. 15th against 14th. Yeah. Um... I'm going to go... I'm going 2-0 Villa. Yeah, I'm going for a Villa win as well. Um, I, I've been watching, obviously, a little bit of the internationals and, you know, obviously following Scotland and, and looking at the progress of John McGinn, who has been probably Villa's best player this season. He's, you know what? He's not far off being in the top ten of Premier League players this season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's outstanding. I love, I love his willingness to shoot from anywhere. Mm -hmm. I really do. I, I really like that about him. But yeah. He's been... A Wesley's getting better by the game. He's very raw, but he's getting better. Yeah, uh, I, I think Villa will be more than all right this season. So do I. Um, 
I actually think Brighton might be as well, but I, I, I fancy Villa. A bit surprised by Brighton in a way, because you know I, I often think they rely a little bit too much on people like Glenn Murray for their goals. But you know I watched them against Spurs before the international break, and I couldn't believe they won three 0 To be honest with you, but you know that's the sort of team they can be sometimes. You know when they are very good, they can, especially at home, they can give anyone a run for their money. But I just think Villa will win this as well, and I'm going two one at my end. Well, I went, for, I went for Spurs to win that one, so it shows what I know. Yeah, yeah. well, I had Spurs to win as well because I thought they were due in a way win. Um, ne- next up... Yeah, well, that's very true. Next up is Bournemouth against Norwich. I think statistically, Bournemouth is the team that I'm worst at predicting. We have <laughs> a, a, a little club-by-club club breakdown, and I think I get the least points on Bournemouth every time. Right. Um, I'm going to... Go for them to win that one, and I'm going to go for them to win it 3 1. 3 1 Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've gone for 2 0. Um, Norwich have only won one of their last five, and that was against City, wasn't it? So, which is incredible. Which is extraordinary, but you know, I mean, I tip Norwich to go down at the start of the season, and you know, they're sitting, they're sitting 19th at the moment, and you know, are they going to be reliant on Pookie getting their goals? You know, as a former, as an Aberdeen fan myself, I keep an eye on Kenny McLean who plays for Norwich. Um, I think they've got a great manager in Daniel Fark. I think I think they might get some results at home, but they need to be picking the results at home because their away form is very, very patchy. Um, Bournemouth yep. at home. They have had a terrible run of injuries. Yeah, they've had a terrible run of injuries. I think Bournemouth are a reserve team there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Of course, so they did. Yeah, I think Bournemouth have just got that little bit, a um, little bit of steel sometimes. And the Callum Wilson, they've got a goal scorer, so I think they'll uh, win that two 0 Next up's yeah. the game. Is this the game you're covering, Chelsea Newcastle? It is. Yeah. What do you think of this one? Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I'm going to have to go for a Chelsea win. It's the only result that really stands to reason. I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one-one or two-two. Mm. But I'm 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 going to I'm going to go two or three. I think three what three nil Chelsea in fact. Three nil Chelsea. Well, I've gone three-one Chelsea. Um, I thought Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, I did watch their game against Manchester United before the break. Um, you know, for my si- for my for my sins, I'm a Man United fan as well as an Aberdeen fan, and United are all over the place. And we'll come to that in a second. But Chelsea have turned a corner a wee yeah. bit in recent weeks. You know, and I think Lampard's starting to get stuck into the to the job. You know what? You, you say turned a corner. I don't think a corner was there to turn. You know, I was thinking after the I, I the United game where you, where, where United beat the four nil. Season, but um, that was Lampard's first Premier League. That's true. That's true. They hit a United that was before the problem set in, um, and there was a lot of young kids coming into the team. That, that, you, you know, I, I, I forecast at the start of the season, I thought Chelsea would be top four. I'm, I'm quite happy to say that mm-hmm. City, mm-hmm. Liverpool, Chelsea, and one other. Well, I'll tell you what, they're certainly playing their way definitely to that mix. That's for yeah. sure. Well, people raised eyebrows and said, Chelsea top four, really? And I, I actually think the transfer ban is the best thing to have happened to mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. They can finally, through necessity, play the likes of Abraham at Mount and Loftus-Cheek will be coming back into the team and uh, Rhys James is, is a, Absolutely is a really agree. prospect to watch as well yeah. so I, I think and, and I, I think um yeah, I think Chelsea would be absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree on that score, and I think, I think they'll win them comfortably at the weekend. And but you know, Newcastle, do you think they'll stay up? I think they're on a little bit of the bubble at the moment. Still early days, of course. Yeah, I, 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 I think they could. I, I know you said early. 
you tip Norwich to go down. I, I deliberately don't tip teams to go down because mm. it's an occupational hazard of the job. Yeah, um, if, if people will always come back and say, "Oh, you tipped as well." I, I was because I was asked. I was asked to. Mm-hmm. So I, I deliberately <laughs> don't because I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Pretty much know who the top two are going to be. Yeah. You've got an idea who the top six might be. An idea, actually, this season that could be thrown up in the air. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, you really don't know. That's true. You really don't know. That's, that's the joy of it as well. So I don't know who's going to go down. And Newcastle, I, I don't think so necessarily. I'm a huge admirer of Steve Bruce, and I mm-hmm. have been wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, not least, and I know this is not any reflection of it, if it was a football manager as such, but because he's one of the nicest guys on the circuit. He is. He is yeah. just one of the nicest guys around. Um, yeah. And I always wish him all the best with every single job he's doing. And I think with the players he's got, I don't think necessarily at the end of the season he will do any less of a job than Rafa Benitez did. I know that Newcastle fans would like to hear that, and I understand why. But I think he'll do all right long term, given the chance. Interested. Interested. Well, we'll certainly keep a watch of brief on Newcastle. Now, next up is Leicester against Burnley at the King Power. Yeah. This is a good um, game, this. It's a hell of a game. And I'm going to... Yeah, oh, God, you know what? This is the first one that really got me stumped. I'm, I'm going to go for a Leicester win. And I'm going to go 2-1. I've got, I was tempted to go 2-2 or 1-1. I've gone exactly the same. I've gone 2-1 Leicester as well. Um, I, I think this could be a really good game. I, I've said right from the very start since I've done my podcast that I, I just have a sneaky feeling that Leicester could upset the apple cart this season and get certainly in the top six possibly in the oh, top four, depending on what goes on totally with great. Tottenham and, and and obviously Arsenal a little bit up and down, Man United's current situation. Brendan Rodgers is a shrewd manager. But, yeah, they'll, they'll be absolutely fine. I agree with you about top six. I don't know who's going to drop out it, but I agree that they'll be there or thereabouts and possibly even top four. Um, Burnley are... They're going to have a solid season. I enjoy Burnley. I enjoy going to Burnley. Um... I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a draw. I'll yeah. stick with Leicester, but I wouldn't be surprised if Burnley get a result. Okay. Next up is Tottenham with uh, their pickles that they're in against Watford, who are in a big pickle <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for the bounce back to begin and a four-nil Tottenham win. Yeah, I'm. I'm going more conservative, but I've also gone for a Spurs win and gone for two-one. I worry for Watford already, but I. I think they'll Sorry, get out of trouble. They'll get a win somewhere, but it won't be here. I think I've seen their performance of the season already and it was in the second half of against, the game Arsenal. against Arsenal. Yeah, I agree. They, they came back from 2-0 down, drew 2-2, should have won 4 or 5-2. Yeah, they should have it done. Was it was scintillating in the second half and it was the first game with Kike Sanchez-Flores returning as manager. Yeah. Um, since then, well, he's got a lot of work to do to, mm. to change things around and I think it looks like a big mistake sacking Javi Gracia mm. right now. I, I was quite surprised by that, to be honest with you. I was very surprised by it. I, I, I'm not going to criticise Watford for it because mm-hmm. everything they've done has worked. Everything they do works for the model of their club. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I just think in this instance, they may have been just a little bit hasty. I, I didn't know what Javi Garcia was doing wrong. I know they'd had a bad shot of results, mm. but I got the feeling it was a pretty happy camp. Yeah. I, I, might, I might be wrong. I'm not privy to inside information like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just upset the apple cart. It's nothing to do with Flores particularly yeah I, I just think did they need to do that when they did it yeah yeah it's, it's very early days as well I remember I remember of course last season what happened with Crystal Palace and, and Frank De Boer and Roy Hodgson came in and you know he kept them up obviously but you know it, it is a yeah. bit of a gamble isn't it that you need a little bit of luck it is and uh, it is 
yeah. So next up is uh, Wolves against Southampton. Of course, Wolves fresh from that victory at the Champions before the break. Yeah, and they were they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. Superb. I just wonder. I wonder whether they'll have a Norwich-style hangover from it, though. Mm. Um, especially, it's a good job it's coming ahead of another European week. Yes, they've got a bit of until Thursday, so I'll go a Wolves win. I'll go. Um, it's a common result, isn't it? I'll go another two-one. 2-1 for Wolves. Danny, Danny Ings to get a consolation from the penalty spot. Yeah, I, I love that extra bonus in there. Uh, I've gone Wolves to notch up a third straight win. Southampton have lost the last three. So, a bit of worrying times yeah, for Hessen, Hootle and Co. I'd be a little bit concerned if I was a Southampton fan right now. Mm. I, I don't think everything's right there. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure when I look at their team each, each week and I look at their squad, I'm not sure that it's it's what it should be mm -hmm. just at the moment. Um, and, and Wolves are great. That, that performance at City was outstanding yeah. City weren't on it and yeah. virtually to a man weren't on it yeah. but by the same token Wolves were every one of them yeah. and um, Adama Traore centre forward who knew I know I know. Um, started at wing back ended up playing down the middle up front and he was brilliant I know extraordinary extraordinary now next up speaking of City um, they need to kind of get back on the horse quite quickly they're away to Crystal Palace though not easy tricky not game easy this one this is a tricky it game really is a tricky game um, I'm going to go for them to win it, and I'm going to go for them to win it 2-0. Uh, I've gone 3-1 um, City, um, and I think this is a good game, because I think Palace will give it everything. Um, I just think City might just kind of run away with it in the second half, which might make the difference, but I wouldn't be surprised if Palace take the lead in that game and make it a really difficult one for the Champions. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up a draw, but I just think... Um, City overall, when they need a win, as they did after Norwich until the Wolves game, they generally get one. Yeah. Um, and and I think yeah, I think they'll be well up for this one. It, mm -hmm. it might even suit them being away from home. Um, Roy's Roy's very cunning and crafty, but I, I just don't think they'll have enough to keep City out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and City will score. In fact, you, you're going for three goals. You might be right. Yeah. Uh, nil, I'm not convinced, but <laughs> yeah. I think I think the biggest problem I think with City at the moment is I know they've lost um, is it is it Laporte to injury and De Bruyne is obviously yeah. struggling with a little bit of fitness again, you know, yeah, a little bit of injury worries might be a problem for them long term, but uh, I think yeah it is, it is I mean they do have the cover obviously um, but Laporte out is a big blow but I think the biggest blow is it's been company yes now, I know completely he hasn't agree games over the last three years. But it's his overall influence and what he did around the club. 100% um, agree with that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I see David Silva with a captain's armband. Superb player. Superb doesn't player. Strike me as, as the, doesn't strike me as the leader. No, and he doesn't to me uh, either. Which is... And I'm not sure who is the leader in that team anymore. Yeah. Whereas we, we knew whether he was playing or not, who was the boss as regards on the field in that club. Yeah. 100% uh, agree. And, and even though he's got off to a wretched start, by the way, with Anderlecht. Yeah. Um, I think he's I think he's much missed by City just at the moment. Yeah. No, much missed is too strong because they're up there still, obviously, and it will be them or Liverpool winning the title. But, um, yeah, I think he's a big loss. Cool. Right, next up, and I believe you're covering this game on Sunday, aren't you, at Old Trafford? My United Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything in, everything in your head says away win yes in fact I've just sort of started writing my web preview for the game and I think that's the only thing on United the only way you can make a case for United is on history and the, the fanciful nature of chance yes um, and because it's United Liverpool these things happen yeah so so I'm putting it down to any sort of logic whatsoever but I'm going to go 2-2 two, two. 
Interesting, interesting. Which is uh, ridiculous. I'll be wrong. I'll be wrong. It was 4-0 Liverpool. Yeah, well, I've gone 2-0 Liverpool. And as a United fan, it pained me to say this, but, you know, De Gea is out injured. You know, Pogba is out injured. There's a lot of injuries at the moment for United. But and Liverpool are glorious to watch at the moment. Ball throws up. Yeah. That's one of those things. Just when you think it's 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 going to get worse, it, it, it doesn't. So, I don't know. It's, I, I, there's no logic to that whatsoever, by the way. It's purely... It's a little bit like Newcastle fans saying to me, I've got a hunch you might get something at Chelsea. The, the, you know, I, I just think 2-2. Two, two, there was something um, there was something said this week, that by, last week, by, or last month rather, by Peter Moore, the chief executive of Liverpool. And he just said, um, we're back on our perch now. And he was referencing Fergie's famous comment about I want to knock Liverpool off their perch. Yeah. Well, here we are for the first time almost since then, since the late 90s. Yeah. Liverpool are well and truly Absolutely. You know, down in mid table. Absolutely. It's come full circle again. Yeah. So there we go. Is it is it is it time for that to start again? Mm. You Good. know what? I'm gonna change that. I'm not going to to. Oh, I thought you were going to. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going nil three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see if this finishes two two. <laughs> logic logic has just kicked back in. I don't believe that. I've actually literally scored out and put nil three in here. Oh, I was looking forward to you actually go getting that one right and me looking like an absolute well, numpty. No, no, this is the joy of it, isn't it? We don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll shall wait and see anyway. But here's our last thought on this. If United did get a win, is it the spark it, the, the needs for their season? Man United, if they get a result, could it spark their season? I... 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 I think it sparked the fans into a, a good week, mm. um, but I'm not sure it's going to spark the whole season. Mm. I, I think there's quite a lot of surgery needed. No, I completely um, agree. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not sure even beating Liverpool would get things going long term. Mm. I don't think it would be a Mark Robbins Nottingham Forest moment for Solskjaer. Put no. It that way. No. I, I don't quite think it would work like that. Mm. And there are already really strong rumours that uh, uh, Signor Allegri. Is, 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 is pretty close. Um, wow. The talks have been had apparently. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I've just read it in the newspaper today yeah. that the, he's in principle agreed. If anything happens, wow. well, mm. not, when these things happen, they tend to roll quite quickly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All he needs a win. That's for sure. He does. I feel for Solskjaer. I mean, I mean, when he came in, you know, he he, he did a great job, you know, and then there was this, there was they were kind of humming and hearing about whether to give him the job. And then they gave him the job, and then it kind of unraveled a little bit, and and now here we are, and you know, I, people are I questioning him. I personally never saw the rush, even when they were. Neither did I. I never saw the rush. Neither did I. I, I didn't think he was going to go anywhere. He's a Manchester United man. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was going to suddenly give them an ultimatum. Of, Look, I'm going to go back to Malta unless you offer me the job now. Exactly. So I, I didn't quite get the um, the urgent need. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I, I think they probably would have done in time anyway. Yeah. But um, I, I didn't quite get it. But anyway, he's, he's, he did okay to start with. But since then, it's all gone down. I don't think it's him. I think it's the structure of the club at the top. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. think it's two, three, four, maybe players that they need to no. get out of there. That's just uh, who's running the place. I don't exactly. know. I don't exactly. know who's running the place. I know one thing. It's 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 a little bit like. Um, when Liverpool started, you know, when 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 Dalglish left first time, and then you know, Joe Fagan and all that, and it, when they lost their boot room structure, um, and Liverpool started to go down a little bit, it take them a long time to turn the ship around again. Yeah, definitely. And I think after all these years, you know, you had Shankly and Paisley for all those years, you had Fergie for all those years. It's, it happened when Samat Busby left. Let's be honest. Mm. In, in the mid seventies, early to mid seventies, yeah. there was a period where United even went down to Division Two. Yeah. So yeah. I think after all these years, when there's a dynasty. 
it takes a long time to turn the ship around unless mm. you get it right instantly. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Mm. I, I personally think, where would they have been if they'd just stuck with David Moyes? No. I well, I wonder. I, I wonder. Penny I, for I, your I thoughts. Penny for everybody's thoughts listening to the podcast. Um, on Monday night, Sheffield United Arsenal. This is an interesting, a big game for Arsenal away from home. I think it'd be quite tasty. I, I think it'd be a good game, this. That's, I think I might book myself in at the uh, the local pub on Monday night. <laughs> I'll actually, actually no, because that guy will be in and he'll bug me again. Um, <laughs> but, um, um, so, especially if they win, can you imagine? Yeah. Um, but um, I'll go. I'll go. One. Two. Well, I had one too, and I, I've changed my mind. I, I'm going to go for a draw because I think Sheffield United will nick a draw. I think they're, I think they're quite good to watch. Um, doing a great job there, Chris Welder. Actually, you know what? You know what? I was going to go one-one, and I'm going to join you. Forget one-two. I'm going with you. You're I'm going one-one. And you just reminded me. I was at Bramall Lane for the Liverpool game, and one-one. Did you say I went two-two? <laughs> I'm going to go one-one. Okay. Um, I was at Bramall Lane for the Liverpool game, and. They actually, they certainly didn't deserve to lose, and you could argue they deserve to win. They ran yeah. Liverpool very, very close indeed. Yeah, it was only a goalkeeping so, uh, mistake that, that cost them the game, of it course. It was. It was. Um, no, no, they're, they're, they're a good team. They are a good watch. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I want them to stay up, because I think they'll prove a lot of teams wrong. A little bit like what Huddersfield did when they came up. Yeah, I, I think they're better than Huddersfield. So do I. At any stage, actually. I think, I think they've got more now, more savvy about them. Um, yeah. I want them to stay up because I can get home the team from Sheffield. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, quite a lot of my f uh, followers on my podcast, Guy, are Scottish football fans. Now, now, this is maybe slightly out of your comfort zone, but I'm not very good at this, so let's have a bit of a laugh at this, shall we? Um, the oh. champions, Celtic, are home to Ross County on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to go 3-0. Yeah, as have I. Um, Celtic are struggling at the moment, and, you know... Haven't won the last two and beaten before the break by Livingston, but uh, yeah, and yeah, they'll still win this one though. Sure. So do I. So do I. Um, next up Surely. is next up is uh, Hamilton and Hibs. Hibernian really struggling at the moment. Haven't won in the last eight games. They are. Um, uh, seven I'll, games, sorry, I'll, 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 I'll take a draw. I'll go one-one. Craigie, I've got one-one as well. <laughs> so there we go. There we go. Um, next up is. Two, I think, of the leanest defences in the league, Kilmarnock and Livingston. I think this will be a tight game here. Yeah, we could go goalless, couldn't we, for that one? Yeah, I'm um, going... Are you going nil-nil? There's nothing between them, is there, at all in the league? No, so, they're both on 11 um, points. Right, OK. Um, I'll take a home win. Just because just Killier at home, I'll go I'll go a 1-0 win. Yeah, I've gone 2-0 here to Kilmarnock. I, I, think, I think Livingston are maybe will be a bit on a high after being Celtic. And I think Kilmarnock, Alessio is a very shrewd manager. They don't concede many. I just think they'll win this one. Now, my team, Aberdeen, who are having a mix and match start to the season, are away to <laughs> Motherwell in third. Yeah, um, I'm not holding out much hope for you there. No, neither am I. No, I'm going to go for a cracker. 3-2. 3-2 Motherwell. 3-2 Motherwell. Just a side thought on that guy. Uh, obviously, Derry McInnes, a couple of years back, was linked with a Sunderland job. Do you think he would have been yeah. successful down there again? Obviously, he was at Bristol City, of I course, in the it, past. I, th I think he'd have had a, I think he'd have had a good crack at it. I, I would have... I'd possibly... Yeah, I would have liked him to have taken that job. I, I have um, a good connection with Sunderland. I covered them for five years for, mm -hmm. for Metro Radio in the North East. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my friends are Sunderland fans, and I've got a, a very strong connection with the club. Um, so I, I would like to have seen that. Although that said, I thought Jack Ross did a decent job. Yeah, um, I know. And they, they've taken a bit of a gamble, in a way, getting rid of him so early in the season. Yeah, James Fowler, I believe, has taken over that job. Former Queen of the South has, and Kilmarnock player, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's in the running. No. Long term, no, I think he's part. I think he's just taken a caretaker, hasn't he? Yeah. But as, as far as I'm aware, the two have already turned it down. I believe um, Mark Robbins and Gareth Ainsworth don't want it because, yeah. well, it is a hard job. It is a hard job, but whoever gets it right, whoever gets it right at Sunderland, I'm sorry, I know we've sidetracked to work. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Whoever gets it right at Sunderland will be will be a god forever. Absolutely, it, it that's there. what I was going to say. That's it's what I was going to say. Shoot up. Yeah, it is there. Yeah. Everything's there at that football club except success. Yeah. Cool. Um, next up is the Saints Derby between the bottom two, St. Mirren and St. Johnston. I'm, I'm glad I'm not watching it. I no, I, could, I guess could be no a pretty offense. poor game to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for St. Mirren to win just because I, I know a St. Mirren fan. Oh, I know a St. Johnston fan actually as well. Hang on. A minute. <laughs> that, means that, that means I'm gonna have to go for a draw, two-two. No, no, they won't score. They'll never score four goals between them. Um, <laughs> no. Nil nil. Nil nil. I've got one nil St Johnston. I think they'll get their first win of the season at the weekend and get off the okay. bottom. Actually, they, they let in goals and St Mirren can't score them. Well, I, I know, so that's why it could well very well be a nil nil job. Um, and then Sunday's game High Flying Rangers with Jermaine Defoe at the helm. Uh, way to Hearts. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that actually. Um, I think Rangers will win and I think they'll win 3 nil. I've gone three one in this one. Uh, just a, a question on Rangers, guy. What have you made of Stephen Gerrard? I think I think he's doing an exceptional job. I really do. And I, and I ne- a bit like Lampard as well. I never had any doubt that they'd make a good manager. Pair of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's even talk down here, and I'm sure you've seen it, that um, you know the whispers have started already that when Jurgen Klopp decides that was my question, yeah, you know that, that he'll be in straight away. So. I think as long as Jurgen Klopp stays at Liverpool, yeah. give Steven Gerrard another two years at Rangers, if he can get an SP, you know, Scottish Premiership title in there, mm-hmm. um, maybe. I don't yeah. think that's beyond the realms of possibility. He brings Gary Mack with him and uh, off they go. Although that's being a little bit disrespectful to Rangers, who, you know, they want to start winning things themselves again. But I think he, I think he's the man to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're certainly... It's certainly refreshing, you know, as a, and obviously as an Aberdeen fan, it's maybe not, but, you know, the, the fact that we've got a little bit of a battle for the title with Rangers and Celtic again, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite last. refreshing. At long last, it's, it's back and it's, 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 been, it's been sorely missed, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Guy, we're just about at the end of another episode of Campbell's Footballs. Um, but, but what I do like to end the show usually with my guests is ask them to give their sort of three predictions between now and the end of the season so what I usually ask my guests is for a slam dunk which is the thing that they think has you know got an absolute odds on to to happen your half a chance which you think might have a sneak but you know is a bit 50-50 and your one which is a no hoper but you would love to see happen and this could be on Anything, even York City. Well, you can. I would say even you can be York City related. Could be English Premier League related. Can be anything. Oh dear me! Uh, <laughs> the the slam dunk is Manchester United will have a different manager by the end of the season. Right. Okay. I probably agree with that. Sadly, from my point of view. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fifty-fifty. Um. Oh goodness me. 
the 50-50, we'll go back to what we were just talking about, actually. Sunderland to get promoted out of League One. Right, okay. That's a 50-50 toss of a coin. Yeah. Uh, you could actually keep it as a northeast double. Newcastle to stay in the Premier League. Well, wow, okay, right. And you're Both no hoper. Goals. The no hoper. But you'd love to see happen. But I'd love to see happen. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> Between now and when? The end of the season. All right, can I extend it a bit? England when you're a 26. <laughs> Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. That is a no-hoper. It's happened already. <laughs> Are you calling that one England to win 2020? No, that's what I'd love to see. Oh, well, that's what I was meaning. <laughs> I, I still think that's they've got a shout. They've got a shout. Absolutely got a shout. I just, as I said earlier, I worry about the Dutch, the Belgians, the Germans, the Italians, the French, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll certainly keep a watch of brief, that's for sure. Uh, well, thank you very much, Guy, for being on my show this week. This has been Campbell's Footballs, the only podcast where bad predictions are cancelled out by good crack. I hope this week's show is just what the doctor ordered. Uh, you can follow the show on Facebook. Uh, you can type in Campbell's Footballs and find it there. You can also find me at Stato underscore Grant on Twitter, uh, Stato G91 on Instagram, and you can find this show and a couple of the more recent ones on SoundCloud. Um, Guy, it's been a real pleasure coming on my show. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Really good fun. No worries. And until next time, it's bye from me and bye from Guy. See you later. Cheers.